Welcome to the Refresh from Insider. I'm Kay Moynihan. And I'm Dave Smith. It is Monday, November 14th, and we've got all the news you want and need to know. Plus, we take a look at how TikTok wants to be a force in the e-commerce world. They're very ambitious. They're thinking about all these ways that they can make money from their newfound influence. But first, the latest. President Biden and China's President Xi Jinping met in person for three hours this morning ahead of the G20 meeting in Bali. After Biden said that the Democrats' stronger-than-expected results last week sent a... And a very strong message around the world that the United States is ready to play. And Biden characterized the talks, which ranged from Taiwan to trade to Ukraine, as positive. We were very blunt with one another about places where we disagreed or where we were uncertain of each other's position. And we agreed we'd set up, and we did, mechanisms whereby we would meet in detail with our the, the key people in each of our administrations to discuss how we could resolve them. It's been eight weeks of political unrest in Iran after Masa Amini was arrested for improperly wearing a headscarf and died in police custody. And now the country has issued its first death sentence to one protester. The rioter allegedly set a government building on fire. They were found guilty of disturbing public order and committing a crime against national security. 14,000 others have been arrested and charged with, quote, waging war against God. Some are facing up to 10 years in prison. The UN has warned Iran not to use death sentences as a means to squash protests. If you thought Elon Musk was done with job cuts after firing nearly 50% of Twitter's workforce last week, think again. This weekend, he gave the boot to a whole new batch of employees, contractors. Many of them were in charge of moderating hate speech, harmful content, and political misinformation. The contractors were locked out of their accounts on Saturday with no warning. Now, some contractors tell Axios they're worried they might not receive their final paychecks because all of the full-time employees they worked with were already laid off. Remember that 2004 Steven Spielberg movie, The Terminal, where Tom Hanks plays a refugee who lives in an airport terminal for years because of immigration issues? Well, that movie was based on a real man, and he died this weekend. Mehran Karimi Nasseri lived in Terminal 1 of Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris for 18 years. His life story is somewhat convoluted, but it seems he left Iran in the 70s because of political unrest. When he didn't have the proper paperwork to get into another country, he made a home at the airport. France eventually offered him a residency permit. He left the airport for a short time, but struggled with outside life, so he returned to the terminal to live out his final years. He died at 77 of a heart attack. The saga continues with FTX, the massive cryptocurrency exchange that was valued at $32 billion less than a year ago and is now facing bankruptcy. FTX has moved its digital assets offline because it thinks that $473 million worth of crypto was hacked and stolen from FTX. For now, that means its crypto wallet is no longer connected to the internet. The following is what we imagine to be the conversation right now between FTX, the SEC, and the Justice Department. I'm not dead. Yeah. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I'm not. He isn't? Well, he will be soon. He's very ill. I'm getting better. No, you're not. You'll be stone dead in a moment. Oh, I can't take him like that. It's against regulations. I don't want to go on the car. Oh, don't be such a baby. I can't take him. I feel fine. Well, do us a favour. I can't. Well, can you hang around a couple of minutes? He won't be long. (laughs) 
Hey, if you like any of these segments that we're producing for the Refresh from Insider, did you know that you can share any of them on social media? It's true. Just look in the description section of your podcast app and you'll see a little share link next to each story. It's super easy. Give it a try. Students at the University of Virginia are sheltering in place this morning after a shooting last night left three students dead and two others wounded. Police suspect a current student is responsible and he's still at large. The name and image of the suspect match the profile of a former UVA football player who was part of the team in 2018. Classes are canceled today in light of the news. University President Jim Ryan released a statement saying, quote, I am devastated this violence has reached the University of Virginia. Black Panther Wakanda Forever came out on top on opening weekend. So far, the movie has grossed $180 million in North America. That's one of the biggest openings this year, and it's the highest grossing film to open in November in history. None of this is particularly surprising considering Marvel movies always draw big crowds, but this sequel had big shoes to fill. The original Black Panther is one of the most successful films of all time grossing over a billion dollars, and the franchise's original star Chadwick Boseman died in 2020. Next month marks 10 years since the massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary and a long-planned memorial opened over the weekend. It features a pool circled by stones, engraved with the names of the 21st graders and six educators killed. A sycamore tree grows in the centre and a welcoming plaque quotes Barack Obama's words following the attack, Across this land of ours, we have wept with you. Jeff Bezos told CNN that he plans on giving away his whopping $124 billion fortune. The Amazon founder says he plans to donate his wealth to fighting climate change and donating to people who are committed to unifying humanity. His first step, giving $100 million to Dolly Parton. Did you say $100 million? Bezos granted the singer the Courage and Civility Award. This means she can now spend the fortune on causes she cares about, which range from childhood literacy to PETA to COVID vaccine research. Rebecca Knight is joining us later this week, but for now, she has left us this interview. Now for a look into TikTok's ambition to become a digital shopping mall. The Chinese social media platform is trying to expand further into the world of e-commerce, but that also might mean building fulfillment centers here in the U.S. and dealing with shipping logistics. Can the company face off against Amazon and does it even want to? Insiders Emma Cosgrove and Dan Whiteley are here to tell us about TikTok's plans and what they could mean for users and influencers. Dan, I want to start with you. You say that TikTok is trying to get into the e-commerce retail space. What exactly is it doing? The company has integrated e-commerce into its app in a few different ways. It's working with e-commerce platforms like Shopify and Square so that people that sell products through those platforms can kind of showcase them within TikTok's app. They also have a live shopping feature. You can think of it a little bit like a digital version of the Home Shopping Network or QVC. And that's something that they've been testing for a while now. And it looks sort of like a digital storefront. So maybe you are watching a video that a brand has posted and you like what you see 
and you can actually click into a little storefront and kind of scroll through and see the products that they're selling. And then you can click a little button in the corner and then go buy it. Emma, what does this look like behind the scenes on the business and logistics side? Would TikTok have to open up warehouses and hire its own delivery drivers to make this a reality? Yeah, so that's a central question right now, Rebecca. You don't need to own any of the back end of e-commerce to do e-commerce. In fact, the shopping that's already taking place on TikTok is being fulfilled packed, delivered by companies that already exist. I think Amazon is probably a very distracting competitor because they have chosen to own almost everything on the back end of e-commerce. But that's a very expensive way to do this. And there are companies out there in every country on the planet doing packing and shipping and delivery already. So the question is, how much of that do we want to own? TikTok looks like it's interested in owning more than most, which is why we're talking today. So TikTok, would, as you said, would have to compete with Amazon, which is a behemoth. Does it have a chance? And what would it take for it to become a real contender in this fight? So to compete with Amazon, it depends on what you want to compete with Amazon at. Amazon does a lot of things. It will deliver almost any product to anyone in usually two days or less. I'm guessing TikTok doesn't want to do that. And a lot of tech companies that are in e-commerce don't need to be that sort of general store, grocery store. They don't need to be everything to everyone. So picking your logistics uh, targets carefully is what's really important or else you can end up spending literally billions of dollars on a system that will never compete Dan, from your reporting, TikTok is trying to get into the music streaming business as well, which seems to me a natural for it based on the way my kids use TikTok. Combined with e-commerce, what does this mean for TikTok as a social media platform? Are they trying to become a one-stop app? They're very ambitious. They don't want to just rely on advertising as their main source of revenue. They're thinking about all these ways that they can make money from their newfound influence. You know, more than a billion people around the world use TikTok each month. And that doesn't even count the hundreds of millions of users that use its sister app, Doyen, in China. And so they're thinking about everything. I mean, they they recently started offering kind of movie ticket purchases in app. So there's all these kind of tests they're doing to see how they can expand their business. So what is next? As reporters who are following this story very closely, what are you looking out for and what are the questions you want answered in your reporting? So there's about to be a big market shift in air cargo. We are flying more. China is looking like it's about to open up a little bit more, which means air cargo rates are going to go through the floor. They're going to go way down, which means all that e-commerce, those packages I was talking about earlier, all the e-commerce packages coming from China are going to be able to fly a lot cheaper. And I'm really anticipating Chinese e-commerce sellers becoming a lot more competitive with American e-commerce sellers. Dan, how about you? I'm really interested to see whether social shopping is going to take off in the U.S. to the extent it has in China. We certainly have companies like TikTok YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all trying to make it happen. Comparatively, it's much smaller here. And the challenge, I think, is teaching consumers to buy through social media because it's not necessarily a behavior people have right now. Emma and Dan, thank you so much for chatting. Emma Cosgrove is the transportation reporter at Insider and Dan Waitley is a media reporter at Insider. 
Make sure to follow the Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. I'm Kay Moynihan. And I'm Dave Smith. Talk to you soon.